children are a heritage from 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 the Lord children are a heritage from the Lord Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are working toward the complete and total abolition of abortion in Missouri. I'm your host, Brandon, and this is episode five, and we're here once again with Joshua Jenkins and Kevin Myers, uh, still talking like we were last time about the most frequent objections or, or questions that we get. Uh, with respect to abolitionism. So Kevin and Joshua, thank you guys for being here again. It's glad to be back. Yeah, yeah, we uh we uh had a real good discussion last time and we're just basically uh trying to pick up where we left off last episode. We were trying to answer a few questions that are kind of the most common um we started with kind of the most common personal uh, objections, questions that that women themselves who disagree with us, um, who have had abortions or who, who want to maintain their supposed so-called right to abortion will bring up questions like what about bodily autonomy or rape or, or incest or the life of the mother? And uh, oftentimes we get those questions even from uh, people who claim to be pro-life. But there's a whole True. other side of, of objections a uh, whole other set of objections as well um, that that also still pro-abortion people and pro-life people bring up. Although I think probably when it comes to the legislative side of things, we get more objections there from <laughs> from pro-life people. Yes, but, you know, it just seems like that tends to be the case. But they they come up when we when we start talking not just about the principles of abolition a little bit like we were uh, last week and the week before that. But once we get into the practicals of working toward laws that establish justice for our preborn neighbors and as abolitionists, we're not simply concerned with, with telling people what we believe, right? Like, um, well, you know, these are my personally held beliefs, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't foist them upon somebody else. No, uh, we want to see, laws enacted that, that would protect babies from being murdered. And mm-hmm. we actively work toward that. We actively take steps to disciple our uh, lawmakers to uh, campaign for this, to raise awareness for this. We want those of you who are listening to agree with us and then join in the fight. We do believe, I want to do a whole episode on it at some point, but we do believe that uh, r- religion and specifically the Christian religion belongs in the public square and uh, um, is required, is necessary to inform what justice uh, and what just laws are. So uh, we care deeply about that. That'll be its whole other own episode. But with that as kind of a presupposition, we, uh, we want to dive into these questions. So we, we left off last time, I believe, and we were talking about um, these these situations that arise where, where women feel like they've been placed in a a, a catch twenty two you know and, and in this particular moment I'm giving them kind of a benefit of the doubt uh, they they let's say that they're about to have their life taken from them or they have been raped and they're pregnant from that and because of that they go and they get an abortion and the common rhetoric is they are victims they are victims of these tragic circumstances that have surrounded them. Well, first off, I just encourage anyone who thinks that that's the majority of, of people who get abortions to go stand outside Planned Parenthood and, and preach. Uh, and, and, and you'll get to see that, that that is not as often the case as what it's made out to be. But like we, we said last time, even if tragic circumstances have arisen that doesn't justify murder can never ever ever justify murder so we walked through all of that and that kind of leaves us with this place where where if we're talking to somebody who's pro-abortion they're going to say so you believe in prosecuting women for abortion you believe in prosecuting uh these these victims for having to make the best quote unquote of this terrible situation so so you guys answer this question one 
why do we believe in prosecuting women and, 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 and not only women, but all people, as we said last time, all people involved in abortion. Um, but why do we believe that, that we should prosecute all people and, and investigate and, and apply the same laws to all people, uh, even when, you know, quote unquote, women are victims? Yeah, so I would just jump in. You you hinted at there at the end of the question, but it's it, that rhetoric that is used of of you know sexism towards women or something. We would just simply say it's not about prosecuting women; it's about having justice being being done, and justice has to be uh, blind in the sense that it doesn't matter how rich or poor or what status or class somebody's in, or whether they are a man or a woman, if they commit a crime, then justice must be uh, served for the civil magistrate to be doing their duty before God. And so if it happens to be a woman who murders her baby, then justice would say this person is a woman and she is murdered. And so therefore the laws for murder are to be upheld uh, for that to be just. We shouldn't we shouldn't have exceptions for the law based upon gender um, or based upon, you know, anything of that nature. So that'd be the first thing I would I would say to that. Um, also, we, you know, like what, like what Josh was saying in Deuteronomy 16, 19, it says, thou shalt not rest judgment. Don't take away protection from people. We are not we are to provide equal protection under the law. The next phrase is. Thou shalt not respect persons. We are not to say, oh, well, because of this person's class or this person's gender or this person's situation, we will allow them to commit murder with impunity. That is not um, that is not how the how justice works. And so uh, so we would we need to be impartial or else we're not providing equal justice. And it's it's interesting how people who would say, oh, we want equality for the genders would then advocate for inequality. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things I would, I would uh, put as a caveat is that I have, um, in, in, in general, when you're talking about abortion, the pro-abort people will, will not usually say that the woman is a victim in, in most circumstances. They, they will even say, well, abortion empowers them. These women are victims. They're making decisions about their own health care. The idea of them being a victim is solely, um, almost solely on the side of the pro-lifers who are wanting to, um, to not get, put any culpability for what she is doing to her child. And so, they, so they'll say that, that, that she is another victim. But why would we seek to, why would we seek to prosecute murder? for all, all parties, all, all accessory people, everyone who's taking an, an active part, a participant, uh, well, because of, because of God's command for, for justice, not, not, being, um, not being partial. It is actually a loving thing. It's a loving thing to punish crime, to bring prosecution, it's loving to to the real victims, the babies who are being slain. It's showing actual respect and care for the value of their lives. It's loving to the the millions who have already been slain, vindicating their humanity and their worth as image bearers of the Creator. Saying this is this was what it really was back then, and we're recognizing it as a society. It is loving to other preborn children who won't get murdered because their parents don't want to become felons. Those they will not want to be punished as murderers, and so it will it will protect the ones who will not be killed. I've talked with a lot of moms who have killed their children, um, men who have paid for abortions, and I've been told across the board we would not have done it if we if it had been treated like murder. We wouldn't have put that on ourselves. We would have found another way to to care for our children. We would have found gone reached out for help. And so that is that is that would have protected um, those children, and it will protect once abortion is abolished. That will be loving to those children who won't be killed. It's loving to parents who won't murder their their babies, and so it spares them from being guilty of their children's death. It is loving to the 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 woman who's already 
guilty of murder because it will bring up the fact to her that yes, her conscience is telling her the truth that this was murder and can point her to the cross so she can actually find grace for salvation because of what had because of what she has done was really sin because a victim shouldn't have to repent these women are are guilty of the sin of seeking out procuring their children's death their homicide their assassination and so it's loving to sinners to tell them the truth and so that they have an opportunity to turn to Christ. It's so it's loving to families, to a to to a, a parents who are being pressured. It's it's loving to to the woman who is being pressured by a, a boyfriend or a husband or a parents to to have the abortion because they can have the ability to say, "You're telling me to commit a felony, to murder," and it can actually help them. They can actually call. The authorities on those who are trying to push them to do this it's loving to the abortionists who will stop aborting will stop killing because they because they now fear the prosecution fear the the um the punishable offense and it can bring before their conscience the seriousness of what they have done so that they can have they can repent it's loving to those who who would be tempted to seek that line of, of, of occupation, who would be tempted to, to go into that line of work, they'll be turned away by the knowledge of, well, there's punishment for that. That's actually being treated as murder because it is murder and, it, and they can be spared from ever getting into it. It can be loving to the, to the abortionist who refuses to stop killing because stopping him from adding to the kill count and thus his blood guiltiness before God, it would remove any rationale of, of him or her being a hero of women, being viewed as a pillar in the community. It, it, show, it, it will show that sin to be exceeding sinful and can humble him or her and bring them to the place where they may find atonement in Christ, salvation. It's loving to other employees at the murder mills who will forsake it, will leave it because they don't want to be punished. They don't want to get involved in that. It could bring, it's loving to our society at large. It's bringing the perceived value of, of, of life back to where it belongs. I mean, isn't any surprise today that there are people murdering fellow students, fellow employees, their neighbors, their family members, when we won't prosecute the murder of the most vulnerable, the most innocent. It's loving to, to those who are being who are being brought in there, those who have been raped and are being pushed in there to keep it quiet, those who are being abused, those who are being trafficked, because then that actually gives the opportunity to rescue them because they cannot do this so that this child, the baby is allowed to grow in the womb and the, and the girl can say, I, this person is trying to, to force me to do this. And it provides protection for the real um, mothers who are victims and for the true victims in abortion. And it's, it's loving uh, to, to our neighborhood society as, as we, have opportunity to to cry out to God to show mercy because we're openly acknowledging what we have allowed as a culture and it's loving to the Lord God who has told us thou shalt not kill shall know the heritage of the Lord it is it is a an open acknowledgement of what he has declared so those are just some of the, some things to, to think about when people are saying, how, why are you against, why are you so for prosecuting women and other people who are involved in this abortion? The fact is it's loving to prosecute because when we don't actually prosecute evil, then it gives justification to people to continue in it, to fully set in their hearts, to continue in, a, in this, in, in an evil, as it says in, in Ecclesiastes 8. I love, I love how you're like, well, those are just a few of the, of the ways that it's loving. <laughs> like, uh, no, that was, that's, that's amazing. That was amazing to, to just have you walk through um, all the ways that this impacts uh, us negatively and how good it would be, how wonderful it would be if we practiced equal justice I, uh, and, and equal protection. So along those lines, you know, you brought up all these different people groups that, that would be protected and loved if, if they were also being forced to reckon with the fact that, that if they refuse to be law-abiding citizens, they will also be prosecuted. And that brings up another question that a lot of, uh, a lot of, there's a lot of hyperbole when we're talking about this issue, 
people will they'll say, you know, so 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 you're just going to give the death penalty to everybody who's ever been involved in abortion in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and that's certainly not what we mean. Firstly, um, because of stuff like uh, ex post facto uh, laws, and then secondly, because when we say equal justice, we're talking about the fact that that we we recognize that some women seek out uh, uh, an abortion, and some women are are forced to walk along a path that leads toward that, um, and and. You know, at various points, maybe they choose the the easier way out, but then sometimes it could be much more terrible or much more egregious than that. Even you know, you, I think Kevin, you brought up a, a uh, an account where because you could buy abortifacient drugs, a man was able to continue to mm-hmm. yes. um, uh, sexually abuse this gal. So you know, when we talk about situations like that, we're not saying that equal justice means every person in every one of those scenarios um, gets the death death penalty, right? So, right. so talk talk a little bit more about those types of things. You know, maybe both why um, if an abolition bill came down tomorrow, how that would affect those in the past who have gotten abortions or been involved in that in any way, and then and what that would mean for varying types of interaction i don't know how else to say that with abortion you know moving forward okay hey josh want to lead yeah I'll, I'll start and uh just say yes of course um that you know any any new abortion laws that would be just that would prosecute people who commit abortions would not go into the past and you know one of the reasons you know is what we think about with the purpose of the law is that, um, you know, the law doesn't save, it doesn't change hearts, but it is a good thing and it does deter wicked behavior. It, 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 uh, it's a teacher as well and it teaches people how to act toward one another in a civil, in a civil sphere. And so for many years, our laws have been teaching and discipling people in, in injustice. And yes. so we they were just doing what they were taught and as kevin mentioned he's he's known or talked to people who have said if the laws were treating abortion as murder we wouldn't have done it and so that's part of part of his understanding what what the law does to the people who are under it is it it's an instructor it teaches and people by and large abide by it yes one of the one of the big uh big factors in abortion is that people feel free to do it because it's called legal. Yeah. And then that becomes like a standard for them. Well, it's, um, why don't you, why don't you, uh, why don't you do this? Well, because it's illegal. I, I could be, I could be charged for this. You know, why I could just kill this person. Well, why don't you do it? Well, because if I did, then I could get charged with murder. And, and so it, when, when we say, oh, well, we want to make abortion unthinkable, the, uh, because people's hearts are evil, um, they will think of murder. There are people yeah. who think about murdering born people. The, um, the way to, to get that thought further away though, to make it not as a quote thinkable would be to make it illegal. Mm. to because people won't go to that because they know that there are charges that they would have to go through due process so yes um definitely um the way that our our government is laid out the way that that we are um, in the constitution we're now expo facto laws laws that go back and 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 would grab people um who have broken who who have killed their children in the past when the government was was allowing it that would have to if we were if we're going to actually try to do that we'd have to go find every legislator every politician everyone who said it was okay and have them prosecuted first right right and that would be a very and that would and by the way would include the people who are pro making pro-life legislation yeah so um it's and and it's just not that is not a uh, would not be a just to say okay we're just going to grab everybody who's had abortions and do that that would be that is not feasible 
And, and so what would we be? We would say, okay, now we're going to agree with God that what was happened before was wrong. We are, we are repenting of that, putting forward to protect children from now. So that would now protect the children who are, um, who are, who are being, who would be targeted with murder. And it would be a, a protection for people to not do it in the future. And it would be a, a light shined for, for moms, for grandmas, for people who have for years now, over 50 years, because people were aborting before, before it was quote, um, you know, allowed over the, all the states, that they would have to face the fact that they didn't just make a mistake. They didn't just have an error of judgment, that they didn't just make a hard decision, but that they actually murdered their child. And it would be an opening for moms who've never felt allowed, able to, to acknowledge what they have done, that, they, that, that that would be an opening for them to say, I wasn't the victim, I was the villain, I was selfish. And then go come to Christ and be made clean, and and so it would be that that would be a, a good thing uh, for for those moms, and so so you were I, I know that you were thinking about okay uh, how is that work are we are we going to talk about the what it is because we don't just say oh some we we hear somebody had an abortion we don't grab them and and, and right. throw them and then then bring them out to the town square and yeah um no that, that's forks and right. that that's not a that's not a, a that's not how the justice system works that's not how how actually god laid out the law he he had you know he said hey there needs to be you know witnesses there needs to he needs to make sure that this is equal justice not mob rule and right. so what they would do they we would take um, cases through the due process of law, just like people do for for the uh, for other crimes um, and for murder of born people, you don't just have the same punishment for every single one. They go through the due process of all of the the steps of of the judicial uh, process to to go through that, and then actually see how much person how much did this person actually know, or what evidence do we have, and just go through all of those things and see and see on a case by case basis right yeah we just that's and that's what we mean when we say equal protection and equal justice yes. is this just the same rules where you know really the only thing that that any constitution needs to actually say is that children are persons from the moment of conception and therefore they would be under all the laws that govern persons uh, and right. uh, that's that's all we're actually going for you know we have to exactly fight for bills and laws to be put into place to do what would be so simple, but uh, right. yeah, uh, very good. And I, I just, I think that that's things that, you know, I, I've heard conversations where somebody says, you know, so you're going to, you're going to prosecute these people, even, even if they were pressured or even if they know, and, and we just want to say there's, there's so many, there's trillions of situations where we might find ourselves in, where something has happened and uh, so, you know somebody got hurt or, or died and we would just absolutely be be happy to have a good investigation and due process and we would trust the system you know and and expect that if you were innocent you know and there were witnesses that you were innocent that it would all work out and you would expect that if you were guilty and there were witnesses that you were guilty that you would be tried and you would be uh, punished for that all we want is the exact same logic applied to the preborn exactly if someone is has actually been forced brought carried there made to lay down they took her that that is that is under coercion under duress the, the person who the, the mother would not be charged in that case the right. people who forced her would be charged and that would actually be protection for her absolutely yeah we would yeah we would be providing justice for her and her baby that's right so we want these types of laws and we want we, we as abolitionists believe in working toward them this is not simply privately held beliefs that we're going to um, that we have, and that's all. It's fine for us, and 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 your beliefs are fine for you. No, we 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 care about bringing 
justice into the public square and, and into law. And one big objection that we always get is, well, let's say that we were to get the House and the Senate to pass an abolition law. It would just get held up in the courts. It would just get held up in the courts. Now, we were told that because of Roe v. Wade, you know, mm-hmm. that we, we would never make it passed. But, you know, we're still we're still getting told that with regard to state courts. And even if Missouri is a little better, it's happening still across the nation. On top of that, I know that there there are. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to be, I hope to be talking with Wes on this podcast uh, very soon about the efforts being made at a federal level to mm-hmm. codify abortion into law in some way, shape or form. What should, what is the response to that? You know, cause, cause basically they say, this is why you have to take an incremental approach, which I want to, I want to deal with incremental laws next, but we have sure. to take an incremental approach because these types of abolition uh, laws and and principles if we were to make laws from this perspective we would never get anything done anywhere at least at least you know you can kill babies as long as the facilities are clean with us so um you know some of that i'd I'd like us to get into like what do we what what is the response of missouri supposed to be we know we're going to continue to advocate for principled action upon you know from our our lawmakers what would we tell them to do if you know there's a a a roe v wade or there's a federal law that says abortion uh is a right what what do we do and and this is definitely where you know talk a little bit about lesser magistrate stuff interposition things like that right well uh first of all i'll I'll just um, start that um let's say that a state passes a law and they'll and they said, well, if we do pass it, then the courts will just tie it up in court. They'll throw it down, make whatever, if it's a state or, or federal court. What we have to understand is that our job is not to do something as long as we think it will get all the way through. Mm-hmm. Our job is to do what God says. Our job is to obey him and trust him with the results so that he, um, Jesus in the in the day when he when his servants stand before him will not say well done thou good and successful servant well done thou good and pragmatic servant he says well done thou good and faithful servant so uh our our job is to put forward bills that are just and true abolition bills and trust him for the results of it i have to say to someone who says well it will just get caught up in courts I would, and I would say that's what pro-life bills do, but at least if it was brought to court, at least we'd have something worth fighting for. At least we have something worth defending. If it's, if it's a, if it's an iniquitous, iniquitous bill, why, why waste time on it? Why, uh, why try to um, defend it? Because it's not just Um, the, that's how we got, that's how we got Roe v. Wade by defending the the law in texas that was not demanding equal justice for those children did not prosecute mothers at all did not prosecute the the abortionists equal to if they had killed a born person and so it that inequity caused the gave the federal court the u.s supreme court the the freedom to say well then you must not really think that they're persons under the law and then that led to roe v wade so what we need are just laws that we can defend and and are worth um, fighting for but then of course we have the abolition laws these bills have wording that say if any court or office says that these are not that these are not constant this is not constitutional they themselves are being unconstitutional and some of them have been said and are liable to be impeached, those justices. And so it it puts the it puts the truth to say, we're going to follow the Constitution, we're going to follow God's law, whether or not you like it in your opinion. That's really good. So, so yeah, that that brings up kind of um yeah, we want we want to put forward principled laws and just laws. And then should we meet with resistance? Um, that's that's where you know, it, you know, people call it interposition, the doctor of the lesson magistrates, Joshua, talk a little bit about what we mean by that and what, what we're wanting people to, to do and what are wanting our lawmakers, our leaders, our governor to do in situations like that. 
Yeah, so in order to get to a, sit, a position like that, we need to yesterday be discipling our uh, representatives and our local governments on the doctrine of the lesser magistrates and interposition um, because they have to have that f- firmly in their belief. That needs to be deep in their bones for them to be able to actually do it when it becomes a serious situation. But in very simple terms, the doctrine of the lesser magistrates uh, simply holds up what the duty of civil magistrates is, and it says they're all supposed to do it, no other magistrates do. So the job of civil authorities is to, they've been given the sword by God, Romans 13, to punish the wicked and re- reward the righteous. And that is their job, whether higher magistrates do that or not. And so if a higher magistrate or a parallel magistrate or whatever, lo- lower than them, any other magistrate does not do their job to protect the, uh, protect their people by punishing the wicked and rewarding the righteous. It is still the job of those other magistrates to do that. And that means then they are now with their higher magistrate, we'll say. And so their job is, as, as our, say, take the state, for example, versus the federal government, especially in our American system, the founders understood this doctrine because the power in the initial structure of the United States was with the states. And they understood that if a federal government overreached authority or tried to impose tyranny, that the states had authority and proper jurisdiction to say, no, we're not going to participate in that any longer. And so if a higher magistrate stops doing its duty, the lesser magistrates have to protect their people against that tyranny because the lesser magistrate's duty is not to just carry out the wishes of the higher authority. Okay. My state uh, governor, his job is not to carry out the desires and wishes of the president. My local sheriff's job is not to carry out the wishes and authority of my city council. It's to uphold what is right and uphold justice. And so if we get a situation where courts strike down a a law that a state legislator passed, then the legislators and, you know, would be probably the attorney general, whatever police officers and state sheriffs and and whatnot would be involved in saying, sorry, courts, Missouri courts or Supreme courts, this is the just law that our, our state authorized and passed and we will uphold it. And uh, I would say, especially something as as serious as the murder of children, the murder of innocent people, whatever it takes to stand in the way from higher magistrates forcing murder, you you get in the way and and don't let it happen. You know, you say literally, this might get us banned here over my dead body. Absolutely. Uh, so I'll just I'll stop there and you guys can jump in. That's that's right. really really um, good. Yeah, one of the things that is needs to be under, understood is that that the that on each level, those magistrates answer to God for how they rule. So that if they are if they are commanded to do something that is evil by a a superior um, position then it is their duty to to defend their people to stand and say i'm not going to enforce that tyranny i'm not that is whether it is a a contrary to the law of god or whether it is something that is outside of the jurisdiction that that has been claimed uh, because because god gave each jurisdiction its its limitations and so if there is a just law, so it's not just any law that we would be able to throw out um, any any other, uh, because in a, in a proper sequence, you would say, yes, we're, we will submit to to this, to that. If, if someone tried to pass a bad law, then we would want um, others to come and say, no, we, we're, we're not, we're going to balance it out because of the balance of powers, we're going to stop that evil law. But if it is a law that is in alignment with the law of God and it's in alignment with the, the constitution, then we can see that, all right, this is this is what's right. And those who would be um, working against it themselves are working against the law. 
And so that is that is how um, God laid um, the the society out that we're supposed to be following what what He says because He's He's the King and His His law goes. But um, it would be a good thing to point out that on the the very seal of the state of Missouri um, are two two uh, bears on either side, and they're grizzly bears, not gummy bears. They are. <laughs> Uh, they they have to have gumption, not just fall apart. And those bears stand for something. They're not just oh, let's put something on our seal. They stand for strength and courage. Now you don't need courage or strength to um, to do it's easy and to do it. Everybody applauds. You have to have courage and strength when you're being pushed to do wrong. And at the top of the seal is a helmet, and that helmet was was put there to denote state sovereignty that this that the state is responsible for the citizens of its state and that they were to take a stand for the good of the people that were under them recognizing that authority that they had been given and so what what is what needs to be done is to say oh the government says if you don't allow abortions in your state then we will remove state funding from you we won't be giving you know to you do we love babies more than than money in our wallets as a state are we willing to tighten our belts and say we're still going to do what is right um oh, what, what are we going to do? You know, just trust God and take care uh, and, and do what is right. And so we would have to, we have to step into, step into the gap and say, we're, we're actually going to protect these children. We're going to, we're going to do according to this righteous law. And, and, and you all can do what you do when other people are um, resisting you for, for marijuana, which is, you know, pout. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, that that lays out so well, guys, just, you know, why we put forward principled laws, you know, that we that's what we're working for is, is principled laws and, and justice. On the other side of it is an incremental approach, right, which which our big beef with incrementalism is going to be that it's not just. And so just like right. our our it's it's the same argument on both sides, but you know, our position, people will say it's too radical going straight for abolition. We should take an incremental approach. This is kind of the other side. Here's us offering up why and how we would go forward. And, and Kevin, you're right. It's costly. It's difficult. It's going to be met with resistance. It's still what's right. And it's what we ought to do. The other side comes along and says, we should take this incremental approach. <clears throat> we should make laws that, you know, uh, say, you know, you can only get an abortion if the doctor is licensed to perform major surgeries, just in case there's a medical emergency, or you can only get an abortion after the baby's 12 weeks old, or you can only get an abortion if the facility is a clean and safe facility, uh, as if any place that murders people could be clean or safe. And right. with all of them, you know, the, the pro-life movement so often rejoices in laws like this saying, you know, we've just moved one step closer to ending abortion. Why? So, so walk through, why uh, do we abominate this thinking? And uh, what, what, I mean, obviously, so anybody who's, who's listened, even just for five episodes, you get it already. It's unjust, but, but it's, it's why, why is it so wicked and, and talk about all these different kind of sneaky ways. And then I would even, what time uh, we got we got let's do it in five minutes <laughs> go for it guys um because i'd like to i'd like to also talk about why um they don't work why don't they work they're actually not as pragmatic as what they they set out to be yeah i'll just jump in real quick and, and point out if missouri had never ever since roe v wade passed if Missouri had never made a single pro-life law, then um, abortion would be illegal today. But because we did made all these laws and we submitted to Roe v. Wade, but now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, why do we still have abortion? It's of mm -hmm. these of these pro-life legislative uh, uh, laws that decided to regulate 
abortion instead of calling it murder intriguing as such, because the problem is when you regulate something, you are uh, acknowledging it as a proper institution, mm-hmm. not as something that should be gone from society and punished with a sword. You're saying this is something that can exist in our society. We're just going to make the rules of how it can exist. And so that's why it's unjust is because it doesn't treat murder as murder. It treats it as uh, health care or, you know, things like that. And it institutionalizes it instead of criminalizes it. Right. Um, when we, we look at, at these at these laws, they are. You see, what we have are number one, we have the abor- pro-abortion side, which is openly iniquitous openly saying hey we can kill people before they're born we can we want to do we want to call it health care then we have abolitionists and abolitionists are saying this is not health care it is homicide you can't kill people that are that are unborn just as you cannot kill people who are born we want to treat them all the same so we have injustice and we have justice um, at odds but for a long time for over 50 years the you know the the idea has been to say well we're going to make rules about how you can do one that is going to be allowed and we're going to be just less unjust than the pro-abortion side so the pro-life movement has been fighting injustice with injustice they've been fighting against respect of persons by employing respective persons. You can kill people till they're born. Well, no, we're gonna, you can kill people till they can feel pain. It's like, no, no, you just said you can kill people. Right. That is, you, you can't do this. And so we have people who believe that these children are human beings from the moment of fertilization. We believe them in that they're full people just like us. And we're not going to let you kill them after they have a heartbeat we can detect. Wait a second. What did we just tell the world? We just told them we don't believe what we just said. Yeah. That we are willing to to let some people that we say are just as human as everybody else to let them die. We are we have undermined what we have what what the pro life movement has said, and. We further entrench the idea in people's minds that it is healthcare. Because you shouldn't, and everybody should understand this, we don't regulate homicide of born people. We don't pass laws that say you can't chop up somebody in pieces, but you can strangle them. No, if we did that, well, it might save some people from being chopped up because some people just want to chop up people. What, what? No, no, it's, it's unjust. We shouldn't say, oh, you can't blow people up, but you can poison them. Those would right. be wicked to say, well, you can, you can, uh, you can kill your, your cousin if you thought about it for a week. We wouldn't make those kinds of laws for, for homicide. And so we find out that we're actually not treating abortion like homicide. It's treating it like health care. The pro-life movement in their legislation have actually treated abortion like what the pro-abortion crowd says it is, like healthcare. As abolitionists, God requires that we, as his people, as Christians, that we be people of truth. We should not tell lies. We should not have, have unhonest, dishonest treatment. So if we if there's a bill that won't call abortion what it is, and won't treat it like what it is, then that is not an honest bill. It's a bill that is that is perpetuating a falsehood. And it is that kind of bill that has taught the public in Missouri that abortion is not murder. Yeah. And, and 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 not not only, you know, like like not only is it unprincipled and unjust. But you know, we, we've we've talked about this, I think, already in our podcast a little bit. But it, it just doesn't work. It the the whole idea is that, that this incremental approach is going to be effective. And first off, you know, if you tell somebody they can't murder their baby after they're twelve weeks old, they just murder their baby at eleven weeks old. If you tell them, you know, you can't murder your baby 
by having surgery, but you can murder your baby by poisoning them with some, some chemicals or some pills. They just do that instead. So, so it doesn't help us in that respect, but we've also seen that we're still here fighting abortion and Roe v. Wade was overturned. We were told that this incremental approach, this, this waiting for Roe v. Wade to over, be overturned, this huge emphasis on, on we just got to get more Supreme Court justices who are, who are going to overturn Roe v. Wade, and then it will be completely taken care of. It'll just all fall into place. Why hasn't it fallen into place? We're three days away from one month since Roe v. Wade was overturned. And, you know, I saw a video two weeks ago of, uh, oh, oh, what was it? Kevin, you were there. It was the, the, was it the New York Post or somebody did that, that expose on a gal who, who walked through how to do a, a, a home abortion? Yes, yes, exactly. I don't, I don't remember the, the details. I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes. But point being, here we are, and it's not changed. So, so these laws don't work. What works is brave, courageous, strong men, leaders who will stand up, make laws, and say, thou shalt not murder, and then enforce that. And that's what we're that's going right. for. And I tell you, so uh, I, I know every one of these questions that we've dealt with needs to be its own episode. And one day, Lord willing, it will be if God grants this, this gets to be uh, something we do for a long time. But I just want to, as we close here, just paint a, a picture of what it would be like if we had this law on the books, you know, and things were, were working themselves out. You know, you would, everybody worries so much, well, we'd be engaged in conflict with the federal government but for uh, an, an abolition law to pass in missouri one that means that it would have the kind of acceptance and and good faith behind it that you know marijuana laws in colorado had <laughs> you know this is true. Uh, we'd have we'd have a population full of people that for one reason or another was was saying we want this and we believe in this we would have the support of uh, surrounding states, you know, most likely by that point. And we would, what we would have, it would be most important is uh, a group of public uh, servants, you know, uh, our civil magistrates willing to stand up and fight for this in, in our own state. And certainly then when, when it came to the economic sanctions, like you mentioned, Kevin, <clears throat> or, um, you know, God forbid, more uh, egregious types of conflict, but it can happen. It has happened with other issues many times that the federal government and a state has gotten in conflict over some law, and almost always the federal government backs down. Almost always they back down, mm -hmm. and and so we just have to stop being afraid. We have to stop being afraid because we have precedent and we have great hope and ultimately we have the truth that abortion is an enemy of jesus and jesus yes. is ruling and reigning right now and he's going to crush all of his enemies under his feet so we need to stand on his side and not in opposition to him we should both as civilians and also preaching to our civil magistrates that they need to kiss the son mm -hmm. lest he be angry yes so, exactly yeah with uh with what we find so often is that people that pro-life people hear about a strategy they've, they've come to believe in this and then they do that they're they're seeking this and they make a bill that is not that is that regulates murder that does not establish justice and and then they ask god to bless it yeah and 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 it is contrary to to what god's law says it's contrary to his character god says he hates partiality he does not like respective persons and the false weights, unequal measures are abomination to him. And so it's as if the church lifts up its hands thinking we've done a great thing and asks God to bless us. And we're lifting up bloody hands because we've collaborated with the killing. Yeah. It's, it's like it's like Micah in the book of, of Judges who has who has built up his own images in his, in his home. And he's got one of his sons to be a priest for him. But then there is this Levite that comes into the area and he says, Oh, I'll hire you and you can be my priest. And so now he has this, this Levite, he has offerings going on here. They're worshiping these images in the name of the Lord. And, 
and he says, oh, good. Now the Lord will bless me now because I got a Levite for my priest. It's like, yeah. wait, this is totally still not how God had lined up for Israel to worship. And yet he's expecting God to bless. And we find the same kind of thing in, in the in the pro-life movement among Christians who, who think, well, with something, we got to do something. And people would go to an abolitionist and say, you're just not against it because it's not enough for you. And the abolitionist can say, it's not that it's not enough. It's that it is not just. And God says he requires us to do justly. And it's because we love our neighbors as ourselves. Amen. Amen. Well, yeah. Uh, Joshua and Kevin, thank you guys so much again for, for being on here with me and walking through these things. I, I, for those of you listening, I hope this has been incredibly helpful and I, I just deeply encourage you to uh, get, you know, get involved in the, the fight, right? We don't have personally held beliefs that we won't foist on others. We want to uh, see justice. We want to honor Jesus with uh, our actions and we want to uh, urge others, both other Missourians, since that's the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, and, and also our leaders. We want to urge our leaders and our lawmakers to do justly. So keep at it and um, thank you uh, Joshua and Kevin, obviously you guys are, are hugely involved. And if if people have questions, want to find out more, you can go to abolish abortion Missouri or abolish abortion mm-hmm. uh, You can go to freethestates.org, rescuethose.org, all really good uh, websites with resources. Go to our website, abolishabortionmo.org, and sign up for our newsletter where we'll give you actionable ways to get involved and help. And obviously, you can always reach out and just email us if you have any questions, or thoughts, want to find out more, or just have have uh, uh, need need somebody to dialogue with, or have interesting situations coming up where you want help. Sure. So, in all of that, we want to make ourselves available to you. So, this has been the Abolish Abortion Missouri podcast, where we believe children are a heritage from the Lord, and we are committed to the complete and total abolition of abortion in Missouri. We thank you so much. Please like and share and subscribe to this podcast. Mostly, as we say, share because we want to get the word out. And until next time, thank you so much for listening. Abortion must be abolished.